Hi, and welcome to the latest podcast from The Lancet Diabetes and Endocrinology. My name's Priya, and today we're discussing a review of the challenges to accessing insulin, published on February the 5th, 2016. We're joined by the lead author, Dr. David Baran. Welcome. Thank you. So first, Dr. Baran, can you give us an idea of the magnitude of the problem? How many in the world who have diabetes struggle to get the insulin that they need? It's really hard to give you an idea of the magnitude of the problem because you have two types of diabetes, as most of your listeners must know. Type 1 diabetes, where insulin is vital. Um, Without insulin, people will die in a matter of days, weeks. And type 2 diabetes, where insulin is needed for better management. And in many countries, you see varying percentages of people with type 2 diabetes using insulin. So it's hard to give you a clear idea of the magnitude of the problem, but sort of a basic calculation is that probably about 100 million people in the world uh, need insulin, including both type 1 and type 2, and probably about half of those face some form of challenge in accessing it. And you mentioned in your review that use of insulin is increasing most among patients with type 2 diabetes. And do these patients need insulin as acutely as those with type 1 diabetes? No, they don't. Really, with type 1 diabetes, insulin is is essential, and it's a unique case, really, in in any disease where the the access to a medicine is a life or death situation. Um, for type two diabetes, insulin can be an important part of treatment, but there isn't that same urgency in terms of access leading to severe consequences in such a short period of time. And what factors contribute to the problem of insulin access? There's such a variety of factors that go all the way from the global insulin market that is dominated by three uh, multinational manufacturers all the way down to where the individual needing insulin may live. And sort of in between those those global factors and those very individual factors, there's issues about what price is insulin entering each individual country? Are there markups within the system such as uh, import duties, taxes, markups in the public sector, markups in the private sector that mean that insulin is, is expensive. And those, those are factors that impact the, the price of insulin. But then there's also the issue of availability, um, which we also see as problematic in many settings in the sense that insulin may not get to the most rural areas. It may only be available in the private sector where it can be more expensive. It can only be available sometimes in main referral hospitals in capital cities or main urban areas, meaning that people need to travel to get their insulin. So it's really a complex challenge that goes all the way from the global to the local. Yes, um, but if there is enough insulin to go around, why hasn't there been an outcry and a call to action by governments, health organizations and civil society to make the drug available and affordable to those who need it most, as happened with antiretroviral drugs for HIV and AIDS? Um, I think what you see with with HIV and AIDS, you had three factors that came into play. The first was people got together to address the, the high cost of antiretrovirals, and there was an easy target for the issue of access, which was intellectual property, which is not the case for many uh, formulations of insulin, even the newer analog insulins. So it's, it's a slightly more complex problem in terms of that. The second thing is you had substantial funding. Um, following the 2001 UN meeting on HIV-AIDS, uh, donors, foundations all rallied together to develop uh, huge funding means to address this problem both globally and within countries. 
And then finally, you had a unified civil society that truly got behind the issues, um, mobilized, and really formed a global community where people with HIV-AIDS in high-income countries were concerned by their peers in low-income countries, which you don't have for diabetes. So you really lack this global voice and global mobilization around this issue of access to insulin. And finally, the problem of insulin access is clearly complex. What do you see as the first steps toward addressing it? I think that's really challenging because you really have these global, national, and local challenges. I think the aim that we've had in in the review that will be published is really just to raise awareness. And I think that's possibly the first step, is to really raise awareness about this issue in that insulin was discovered in 1921, became widely available in 1922 in many high-income countries, yet here we are in 2016, and many people still face severe health consequences for a lack of availability of this medicine. So I would say the first step is really to raise awareness around this issue, to then hopefully develop through the study that's described in the review addressing the challenges and constraints of insulin supply, how interventions can be developed and tailored to individual countries, because the challenge with this topic is also that it's very country-specific with some countries, such as Nicaragua, a low-income country doing very well in providing insulin 